um, your your prosperity is um, directly connected to your service in the house of God. In other words, how much you are serving God will also determine the level you will go in life or how much you prosper in life, how successful you become as a person. You know, many times when you are listening to worldly people talking about their success, if the question is asked, what do they attribute their success to? The first thing you often hear is luck. Not that I just happen to be lucky. Or I just happen to know the right people at the right places. Sometimes perhaps getting a bit of the right advice. Ingenuity. Maybe you can even add some greediness in there as well. But um, they will not they will not necessarily say to you as such. In other words, there are those who believe that in order for you to be successful in life, you must be greedy so that you can hold everything to yourself and not even want to share what you have with anyone. That is, that is what other people believe. And I tell you this, that is, um, that is not true at all. It is just the thinking of man or a mindset that, you know, perhaps it is um, wired incorrectly. Few things that I will attribute godly success to. Number one is grace. In place of, of luck, because as a Christian you don't need luck. You already have received such abundance of grace. That grace is good enough for you to take advantage of and make use of it in a manner that will help you to always make the right decisions at the right time, be able to make the right call when you are called upon to do so. By His grace, you will meet the right people. By His grace, you will find yourself being at the right place at the right time. By His grace, you'll be able to identify the right opportunities. By His grace, you'll be able to can create opportunities where there may not be any where things seem to be untenable. 
if you depend and trust on that grace, it will help you to find yourself being able to make the, the right decisions at the right time. So I said number one is grace and wisdom. That is number two. The wisdom of God which you receive as you are studying the word of God. You need such wisdom. In other words, you are not going to depend on your knowledge, on your own um, you know, um, in your own ability or how smart you think you are. It is nothing to do with the qualifications or the ability of an individual, but simply just relying on God's word to be able to receive that wisdom that will help you to make wise decisions. Be wise in choosing friends, in making such investments and looking at the right places to be able to find um, um, people who may also be able to help you in, in um, you know, um, um, towards achieving what you sought to achieve. You need to always be mindful of such because you can be sure that if you surround yourself with the right people, there will always be, there will always be, you know, helping, you know, when you need such help, they are able to uh, contribute in one way or the other, be it with ideas, with resources, with anything, you know, substance, finances, things that you may think that you need that will help you to be able to make a success of your life. In this life, you do need other people around you, but not any person, not every individual you meet are going to is going to be able to uh, make a meaningful contribution, you know, um, a positive contribution towards the plans that God has given you. Others at best may just be criticizing everything, every idea that you put on the table to say, I was praying, the Holy Spirit said, and they are so much against it for some reason. There are those people who are just naysayers. They are very quick to question anything that to them it sounds foreign or it sounds impossible or something that may be, you know, um, they may, they're not, they are not used to hearing. And that is where sometimes we need to be very careful because you're not always going to have to go ahead 
with the claims that the Spirit of God has given him because there are as many people that are agreeing with you. There are times where you are making such a, a drastic decision. You are making such a, a decision based on what God said, what you had by the Spirit of God, and be able to follow it through yourself. Number three, it's hard work. Christians are not lazy people by nature. Christians ought to be people who are willing to work hard for their living, to be able to make such sacrifices because they care about others. In the mind of a Christian, when you are doing the things that you're doing, your thinking is, how will this help the next person? How will this impact the life, lives of those around me? What can I do different that will help somebody in need? What is it that I need to be focusing on that will also, you know, have improved people's lives? You may not need to know every one of them. They may not have to come back to you and, and share their testimonies, but if you're always doing the things that you are doing with people in mind, especially so God's people, you're bound to be successful in life. That is why many times you hear those who are successful saying that if you really want to be successful in this land, you must always look for an opportunity to help somebody. Look out for a need and be able to meet such a need. In the process of doing so yourself, God is taking care of your own. It is as simple as that. You move just beyond saying that I, I, I need this and, and that from God to focusing on how do I help others. You may not have everything that you need, but I so much believe that what God has deposited in your spirit is good enough, that you can be resourceful in your own way. You can volunteer your time. You can be able to, you don't know how much it means to God for you just to come here and clean this place. You may not just, you may not have an idea, you know, maybe to you, I'm just cleaning. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just cleaning, um, you know, um, a, a building. And that is where sometimes we, we need to always, when we, when we look at things and how we relate to, uh, to them, we, we need to go beyond what, what we see, you know, um, in front of our own eyes. Because to somebody else passing by, this is just another building. But to you, this is the house of God. To you, you, you may not have an altar in your, in, your, in your own heart, but this is the one altar that you have where you, where you want to, you know, um, and spend your time worshiping God, making such sacrifices and giving, you know, um, whatever form of offerings and giving that you want to give to God. This is, this is a place of exchange. When you come here, you must, you must have the right attitude. 
You must, your thinking must just be right. You know, this is not just about, you know, you going to some other place um, um, and, and just be, you know, perhaps in the presence of, you know, uh, people that you may be related to in one or the other and there is nothing that you are able to relate to in the uh, spiritual realm. So it, it matters, it matters. That is why oftentimes you hear that when you go to the, come to the house of God, prepare yourself spiritually. You need to prepare your mind, you need to ready yourself, anticipate, be able to, you know, um, receive uh, something from God and, and get to, um, you know, purpose it in your heart that I, I am going to the house of the Lord and I so much believe that something that God has for me especially in my situation today and be very expectant you always have to have such an experience so hard work i said to you the other time that there is just no substitute for hard work as a christian you must be a person who is willing and always ready to go an extra mile to work hard don't just say i'm working hard praying Prayer is not labor. It's not something that when you finish, you must feel so very tired as if you were working so hard. It is not what it is meant to be. It is just an enabler. It is just an opportunity for you to be able to hear what that says the Lord in your situation as you pray to God. So, it is as important for you to make up your mind that in as much as I am praying hard, I must work really hard. Be a person who is always willing and ready to be able to go beyond an extra mile. Be able to use your time in a manner that will say that you are indeed serving God. Even you may not necessarily be, you know, in the house of God um, at that time, but you know that you are using your time wisely and it will help you to be able to, you know, um, find yourself prospering in life. And that is where it all starts, just by investing your time wisely in a manner that will help you to say that at the end of the day I'm able to take stock of what I've done with my day. I'm able to account how I've used my week and how much of this time that one is able to say that I've indeed been as productive. In your own way be able to make such a decision. You, you ought to be mindful of such that as a person who truly loves God, who is serving God, whenever I, I am called upon to avail myself for one thing or the other, I need to always be more than ready and be willing. Be able to work in a manner that will say that, you know, God chooses his people very carefully as well. 
he wouldn't he wouldn't want to entrust such responsibilities in somebody's hands who may you know who's lazy or a person who who is just lazy who don't want to do you know anything for themselves you need to just you know go back in your bible and and read about some of these great men and women that you hear about in the bible what was the very first purpose that he put a man in the garden to take care of it to look after it working he had a responsibility right from the beginning that is the one purpose that he had given to a man you you have you 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 yourself in in your situation if you were to mirror what you know god had intended you know right and at the beginning during uh, creation if if you were to just think of what god had had in mind when he created a man how much of it reflects in your life today if your life was a garden are you taking care of it what seeds have you sown in it what harvest are you expecting are you looking after it in a manner that you yourself are happy that something good will grow from it something good will come out of it out of the very um, um efforts that you're making yourself it is always an analogy that i think if you if you if constantly remind yourself of every time you will be able to you know whenever you find yourself maybe you know um, um, moving and uh, going astray you'll be very quick to remind yourself how how beautiful is this life ought to be how what am i cultivating if if this was a bed of flowers what what must it look like what arrangement is there or is just weeds all over the place that are just growing by themselves and you you are at a point where you don't even know yourself where to start to start just you know removing the weeds and, and all the negative thoughts you've had and all the wrong thinking and things that are always distracting your mind and taking your attention away from God now there comes a time when you just you know you just need to if you want to you want to uh, plant something in a garden that is overgrown with weeds you know you just remove everything even what you may have thought this was a going to be a, a, some veggies but because of the environment it is in it is already being you know uh, being squashed it won't come out the way it's supposed to be just dig up everything and make it flat and start laying it the way you want to prepare it for what you want it to be your son start start afresh it's never too late to say that I'm going to even delete and forget about what I thought I knew and just just start laying the foundation from now going forward and and start making the you know the patterns and the cultivating the ground and and putting in compost and things that you you know this is going to help you to bring the the the, the kind of results that you're looking forward to because sometimes what may be a, a hindrance is the thinking that 
oh, but there seems to be something that is come that is come there. You know, maybe if I just continue watering it, and sometimes you put so much water, the plant even the roots now are, are, are somewhat you know damaged or they kind of come out of the ground. You know, you thinking that by putting too much water is going to have that that small plant that was coming out suddenly withers, it dies by itself. So there's, there's, there needs to be that understanding and, 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 and be able to make an effort to say this is what I need to see myself in this garden if it is what you believe it, it is yourself. And number four, I said patience. You know, patience is a virtue. Learn to be patient in life. Many times you find yourself close to making such a big break, getting to connect with that one blessing that you, you've been looking forward to from God for a very long time. Can you imagine somebody who has been praying for the last five years, maybe even longer, and in the, in the, in the 11th hour, in the time when God was about to just release that blessing upon their lives is when they're giving up on God. Or they just deciding maybe this is not the right environment for me. Maybe I need just to look elsewhere. And then and then you you just you've missed it altogether. Something that you worked so hard for. I always believe that God speaks to us all the time. When you had something but there's not God, you need to be able to do everything that is necessary to stand by it and be able to continue believing God that this is something that he wants you to do and continue trusting him even when there seems to be no way that it will work out that is what god is there for he specializes in that he makes a way in the wilderness where there's none where there's seemingly no way god makes a way for you if it is just for you he will make a way but you find you know you know suddenly you know there's is 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 giving you this idea you know, by the Spirit, and before you know, there's the strategy, and, and He is now making available the resources that you out of nowhere. That is who God is. You don't need to understand where the money comes from. You don't need to know everybody for God to do something special in your mind. Know Him, it's good enough. Know Christ. You don't have to know every everybody. For God can do what He wants to do. In your personal life. So I'm just saying, in as much as you, you have an idea or God has given you a, an instruction by the spirits, you don't want to be, you know, you don't have to be trying to do things by yourself or figure things out just by yourself. How it will happen is not an issue. It's not your problem. Leave it to God. You continue just trusting God, continue just believing God out of nowhere. Just just suddenly some somebody you may not even know that it doesn't matter. But suddenly that one person that God would have would have would have prepared or, or planned it, that he be the one who who he will he will send for that purpose or for that very plan to be fulfilled. You get to him. You know, and, and, and before you know, things are now beginning to, to, to fall into place. So it is just what we need to always understand. But even when you 
think you're having an idea and you're like, this is just a wildness of the ideas that anyone can have. I don't think God would have said that. It doesn't matter where you are now. It has nothing to do with what you have already been through or what you experienced. All you need to do is just continue trusting and believing God and be able to, you know, um, keep your gaze on Him. Focus on God. Just, just, just don't, don't look for anything as for a, you know, a solution or anything that is to do with what God has, has told you. Be able to trust God enough that He can do what He has promised that He will do in your life. And number five is prayer. Of course, there are, there are things that God will want to reveal in your spirit. And at times, God will, will talk to you in your prayers when you are inquiring from God. Many times, you know, I, I don't, it's nothing wrong getting advice. But not every advice is good advice. Not every advice is from God. And when you get men, men can advise you. Somebody might go to, to the next person and saying that, uh, you know, oh, uh, I, I, I have a problem, um, you know, maybe it's to do with money. And that person happened to be working in a place where they have access to money. And then uh, the next thing they tell you, oh, but why would you put yourself through so much trouble if you're the one who is keeping the books? You can take some of it and write the books the way you want them to see the books. And they're, they're literally advising you to steal. And now you think, ah, but it sounds right, you know. Why would I have to suffer and go through so much pain when I have um, access to, to um, money or, or I'm, I'm the person who's... They will say, it is just something that might sound very simple to do, but suddenly it becomes such a huge problem. That is why you find people have so much trouble because they are getting advice from the wrong people. Because sometimes, not even all the books that you read, especially so about marriages, you know, 10 ways to keep your husband happy and what, what. 90% of the time, those people are divorced three times, five times. But they still want to tell you how to live a happy life and and be happy in your marriage. You don't even know that. But you think that, no, maybe this is the, this is the, the advice that I need in my life. How about you pray to God? How about you trust God? How about you, you, you search the scriptures and, and just find out what God says about this very situation you're in? What do you do? Who do you call? Who do you talk to? It matters. Let it be the first. If there's a speed dial on the phone, they must say Jesus. It's a speed dial. One button, the call is connected. I don't want to have to struggle to find the numbers. <laughs> there's not a time you call on him and the number is unavailable. There's not a time you call on him and he's too busy for you. There's it's never a time when you, if, if, if anything is, is looking forward to hearing from you. He's waiting, patiently so. Waiting, when does she come? Or when is she coming? When is she coming to the throne of grace? 
just to obtain that mercy and find that grace to help in time of need. A much needed help for that man. It's there. It's always waiting on us. More than willing and ready to do beyond what we, what we need, what we think we need from him. It's always, and that is who God is. Because he wants to be God in your life. He wants to, he wants you to, to see his, his goodness, that he is indeed God. So you need to learn to relate to God at that level. The book of John chapter 10, verse number 10. I read you from the Amplified Version. The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. Those three things, you can be sure that in what he intends doing, there's nothing, there's nothing good. Either he is destroying or he steals or he kills. In fact, it's not even either or. He says and. He says in order to steal. And if stealing is not enough, he kills. And destroys. If you read it from whichever way you want to look at it, how many people that their lives are destroyed. They are discontent and dejected and so unhappy. It was not about stealing money or physical something physical. Even if 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 you find yourself being unhappy for one reason or the other, he stole even your peace. And you allow him to because truth be told, there's anything that the devil can do in your life or with you without your permission. And people sometimes don't understand it. They want to always just think that the devil always has some, you know, he has some superpowers or he, he seems to be more in control. That God Himself. And that is not true. That is not, yes, it's true. He's always roaring to and fro like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And he's like, they say he's not a lion, like a roaring lion. But you come to think of it, any one of you sitting here, if you were to hear, a, a lion roar outside. I mean, and you will run. Which direction you're running, you you maybe you will think of it later. But at the end of the day, you will be running away. So maybe it's even good that he doesn't come quietly. He comes making noise, you so you hear him from far and be able to do the right thing. That's a warning. That's why the Bible says, if you resist the devil yourself, you will flee. So, you don't resist him, he will come in. He will make a home in your home. 
you will find yourself at home with the devil. And life is not going to be as, as good. So it is as simple as that. You have a responsibility to resist. To resist him. So that's why I'm saying to you that there should be a time when you find yourself being taken by surprise, especially from the devil. Or thinking that he now is manipulating you or doing things in your mind that you have no control of. If God be with you, no one can successfully stand against you. The devil included. If God be with you, if you know that indeed God is with me always, you are able to stand your ground. There is not a time where you you'll be intimidated or find yourself, you know, um, you know, um, thinking that um, you do not have what it takes for you to can uh, be able to resist to resist Him. Then he says, I came that they may have and enjoy man. You know, it's important that when you read the Bible, you read it for what it is. There is, it says that they may have and enjoy man. Now, sadly, there are as many people whose life it ends with just that first part. That they have love. But the part of them enjoying love is missing. And he not only wants you to, to have love, he wants you to enjoy this life. Now ask yourself this question in your personal, in your personal situation today. Are you really enjoying life? Are you happy with your love? How happy are you? Now we must do this happiness index all the time. So you can get to start living a life. Because it doesn't end there. He says that you may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance. To the full. Till it overflows. That is why he came. That is why you chose him. So that you may have this life. A life that is that is full, that is that is that you contain, that is fulfilled, that you know that you are. You are enjoying this. When are you going to start enjoying life? When? What else? What must happen? He said, I came, if anybody is asking you, why did you, you know, why did Jesus came? Many people are very quick to say, he came so he died for our sins. And then they, they, they end there, you know. Oh, he died for our sins so that, you know, we sin no more. And that's the end of it. But it, even, it gets even better. If you were to be asked today why he came, and you, you answer that he came that I may have love. And be enjoying it and have it in abundance to the full. 
I'm overflowing. And you, you, you begin to testify as such. That look, look at me. This is the life God has envisaged. That I am now flourishing. I'm just, I'm just a mirror of what he says. It is seen in me. It can be, it is, it is a true reflection of what God has had in mind. He gave you his word that it be your mirror image. And as you look at it, the more you look, the more your life is changing. The more you are being metamorphosed, the more there is a transformation. That is why it is important for you that you give your life, you give yourself time to look in the scriptures, to be able to allow God to transform your life from the inside out. It is only God who can do that for you. So that your testimony is now that I, I am full of life. I'm enjoying my life. I'm living the life God has called me into. I'm overflowing. There's, there's so much that God is doing in my life. It becomes your testimony. It be your testimony. This is not going to happen when you, when you die. This is the life that you ought to be living in the now. A life of prosperity. A life of peace. Life of happiness. And joy. Just give yourself. Can you just tell yourself, I'm going to be happy at least for the next seven days. You know, for some people it's difficult just to be happy for one day. Can you give yourself an assignment? And just say, I'm not going to allow, no matter who comes or says whatever they say, even if the bank calls me today and says, oh, by the way, you didn't pay your installment, I will not allow them to steal my job. Can you just give yourself at least seven days? Just, 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 just focus on just you, yourself, and, and happiness. <laughs> Important. That's why it says you ought to enjoy life. If that is not good enough, let me tell you that there is grace for you to live a life of abundance and overflow. There is still grace. If you read from Romans 10, perhaps let's read. From verse number nine. Because if you acknowledge and confess with your mouth, with your lips, that Jesus is Lord, and in your heart believe and adhere to, adhere to, trust in, and rely on the truth that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And then in verse 10 he says, For with the heart a person believes, he adheres to, trusts in, relies on Christ, and so is justified, declared righteous, acceptable to God. And with the mouth he confesses, declares openly, and speaks out freely his faith, and confirms his salvation. Praise God.
Now, verse number 11 says, the scripture says, no man who believes in him, listen to this, no man, no one person who believes in him, who adheres to, relies on, and trusts in him, will ever be put to shame or be disappointed. No one person who ever believed in God, trusted God, and relies on God, he, he will never disappoint you. No one person can say or claim that he ever trusted or believed God and he, he was put to shame or is disappointed. You wouldn't want to be the first. You cannot. You you surely be think that you 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 can find yourself being disappointed, being in Christ, not when you believe and trust God. They see, and it's not it's there, and you would not want to want to find yourself, you know. Uh, being ashamed or being disappointed for any reason. Knowing that you have so much believed and trusted God. It should be. In verse 12, he says, no one. So there's no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord over all of us. And he generously bestows his riches upon all who call upon him in faith. Generously bestowed his riches upon all, all is everyone except no one. Everyone who call upon him in faith, says he generously bestows his riches. And that is who God is. And that is what I believe you need to take into your heart so that you do not get to now, you know, start saying or thinking that, you know, this is, these riches are meant for others and not, not me. Why would you want to exclude yourself? Why wouldn't you do so when it comes to forgiveness of sins? Why wouldn't you exclude yourself when it comes to healing? Why? Why suddenly you think that this doesn't apply to you? How so? So the same, the same mindset and the same thinking that you would have towards the salvation you receive. You cultivate that same mindset. Prosperity is, your prosperity is guaranteed. You cannot, you cannot find yourself working with God and be disappointed. It is not possible. This is what the scriptures say. God says it. I believe it. That is what it is. I cannot say I, can, I cannot overemphasize it to you 
than it is it is saying. The same Lord is Lord over all of us. He generously bestowed his riches upon all who call upon him in faith. And that is where you need to try him in your in your life today. Second Corinthians 8 9. Perhaps this will make more sense to you. Verse 7. Alright. Verse 7. But it's always good to to love to read your Bible. I, I love reading my Bible. You know? This is this is where all the treasures are. And sometimes people just don't know how much treasure and how much wealth there is in between the covers, the very same Bible that you carry every day. How much, how much is in there? There's, 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 there's every reason for you to give yourself time to let this sink into your spirit. Verse number 7 says, 2 Corinthians 8, verse 7. Now, as you abound and excel and are at the front in everything, in faith, in expressing yourself, in knowledge, in all zeal, in your love for us, see to it that you come to the front now and abound and excel in this gracious work also. Praise God. Raise your head in everything. Faith, expressing yourselves, quoting the scriptures, prayers, knowledge, zeal, love. He says, see to it that you come to the front now and abound and excel in this gracious work also. Arms giving. In giving, we spoke about giving in the last week or on Sunday a lot. And uh, I do believe that uh, the Holy Spirit spoke to you. You know, He's the one who convicts. Not only just echo the message, what the scriptures say, but He convicts. He convicts people. You know, he, he, will, he will tell you to do the right thing. Then he says, I give this not as an order to dictate to you, but to prove, to prove by pointing out the zeal of others, the sincerity of your own love also. Then verse number nine, which is what I really want you to Pay careful attention to. Then he says, For you are becoming progressively acquainted with and recognizing more strongly and clearly the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. His kindness, his gracious generosity, his undeserved favor and spiritual blessings. He says, those you are acquainted to, sounds familiar, every born again child can attest to that. Now this, this is something that we, 
we know, we've come to acknowledge, we've, we've been raising, and we're experiencing in our land. In that, he says, in that though he was so very rich, yet for your sakes he became so very poor, in order that by his poverty you might become enriched, abundantly supplied. This same grace that you are acquainted to, that you are familiar with, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich for your sakes, he became poor. I want to draw a distinction with the two ways that you read. The first one that the word rich, the first one, it came from a Greek word, plusius. It's P L O U S I O S. It means wealthy and abounding in material resources. So don't don't allow anyone to can argue with you that Jesus Christ was not rich, for he was for he was poor. Or he didn't have. I'm saying to you, the Bible says, though he was rich. Now that first rich is referring to him. And the explanation of the the the, the, the right meaning from the Greek translation, it is to say he was wealthy, abounding in material resources. That is what it says. Then the second part says, for your sake he became poor, so that you can now be rich. The Greek word for that second word, rich, is plutio. It's P-L-O-U-T-E-O. Now, the explanation for that rich is even more abound. It, it even, it means to be rich. It means to have in abundance of outward possessions. Not just saying I'm rich spiritually. It says of outward possessions. It must be, it must be evident enough that not only that he became poor so that you can now say I am spiritually rich. No. It is to be rich, to have an abundance of outward possessions and to be richly supplied and is affluent in resources. Affluent in resources. Wealthy a wealth of resources. 
so that he can give blessings of salvation to all. So that should that should help you to to really you know begin to align your thinking with his prosperity. And why is it that God wants you prospering in this life? Why he wants you to live a life of abundance? There's a very direct relationship. What you do and how you serve God will say how far you go. So, learn to take advantage of the word of God that you have. Is a is 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 a real um, a, the only real solution and an enabler towards you getting to access this this truth and and be able to. So in other words, sometimes you need to understand it. You know, your problem is not always money in life. Many times, when you ask the people why they're not doing what they ought to be doing or they're not as successful, they're very quick, it's because they don't have money or resources. But if truth be told, maybe the problem, the real problem is that people fail to, to, to lay hold of this truth or apportion it to themselves in a manner that they will bring the right results. Maybe that is where the real problem is. Failing to acknowledge, embrace and internalize the word of God in a manner that will have a meaningful impact in your mind. It is something that you need to learn to do. At the least, it may just be that, you know, perhaps um, one has not really come to that realization or that understanding of what God can do for them. And as a result, they end up looking for help or things, you know, in the wrong places. Second Corinthians chapter number six, from verse two. For Or from verse 1, as God co-workers says, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. Praise God. As God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in the time of my favor, I had you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. Isn't that good to know that in the day of your salvation, He has already delivered you. It is already something that He has done for you. So, you do not have to now be thinking that um, it's something he is yet to do for you from you know 
delivering you. If you were thinking maybe that that is something that you still need, I think this this should correct that to say that in the day of salvation I helped you. Another translation says I delivered you. I helped you. So it won't be proper tonight we pray God help me praise says I helped you I delivered you that's why there's no need even to deliver anybody because salvation delivered you when you receive it on that day you receive that salvation so think of it and uh, make the necessary adjustments. It says here in verse 3, we put no stumbling block in anyone's path so that our ministry will not be discredited. Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way. You go to verse 10, because there's semicolons through. It says here, sorrowful yet rejoicing. Always. He says poor, yet making many rich. Having nothing, and yet possessing everything. Now, if you can just, whenever you are thinking, that you do not have perhaps go back to this truth just this part and remind yourself of what he says it will help you to think right and be able to do the right thing now if you look at Romans 8 verse 32 he says he, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? How will he? He says, if he could not spare his own son, he gave his only son. How would he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Be mindful of such and always remind yourself of this very truth that in him he has given you everything you need in this life. How, how, how so? How will he not also? 
along with him, graciously give us all things. How will he? He cannot. He will not. He's not going to withhold anything from you. Nothing good, he says, shall be withheld from you. So, learn to let go. Focus on him. And save God truly with your heart. And he will continue to honor you and to multiply what you have. Lastly, the book of Mark, chapter number 10. Jesus said, Truly, I tell you, there is no one who has given up and left a house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel's sake who will not receive a hundred times as much now in this time. Praise God. It is it's not possible that you leave your house, your brothers, your sisters, your mother, your father, your children, your land, for his sake and for the gospel's sake and not receive a hundred times as much now in this time. Of houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and lands with persecutions and in the age to come, eternal life. That must always be your thinking. And it's always important for us to not always focus just on what we, what we, what we have given but focus on him. It is, not, it is not good to always be thinking about what you, what you, what you, you were able to let go, what you sacrifice. Then your focus will now remain in just that one thing, as opposed to what he promised he can do for you if you happen to have um, you know, um, um, made um, such a sacrifice. What you, what are you willing to let go? What are you willing to give? How much convinced are you that he can give to you a hundredfold, an increase of anything and everything? If you want to just relate to this. And um, come to think of it in 
in, in whatever you're doing, this will help you to keep your focus in the right direction and make an effort to not think that whenever you're doing something, whenever you do in the house of God, that it is such a loss. So, do not focus on what you have given, but the purpose for which you gave and what he promised he can do for you. You need to re receive such, such grace today to be able to can make such a conscious decision to can allow him to do what he wants to do in your situation. There is grace that is available for you in your situation today. There is grace. Even if you were thinking that there is a case in a family, no one person in my family has ever been successful, there is grace for you to break that case. It can be, you can be the first. And God can do it if He has done it before. He can always do it for you in your situation today. So you need to receive such grace so that you can be able to live a debt-free life, be financially liberated in your life, be able to say that I have in abundance, grace to have in abundance, be abundantly supplied in your personal life today. There is such grace that when you learn to take advantage, it's not only that you always just have enough to go by in your day, but you you have in abundance. You are abundantly supplied, and your sufficiency is of God. Receive grace to live a life of abundance, to live a life that is full, that is overflowing, and continue to declare this to yourself that indeed I am overflowing. My Receive grace to be resourceful with the limited or minimal resources that you have. Receive grace that will help you that that will help you to bring as much the results with minimal effort in everything that you are doing in your life today. That the little shall grow into a thousand and as more one a great nation. Receive grace to be able to multiply everything that God puts in your hand because you have such ability that you're not going to lose anything that God has entrusted in your hands. If anything, let it multiply in your hands. There's grace enough for you to start afresh. There's grace enough for you to create generational wealth for generations to come in your land. Be able to receive grace to attract the right people. Receive grace to attract the right opportunities. Receive grace to be able to identify opportunities where there is seemingly none and be able to make the right decisions at the right time. Receive such abundance of grace that you be able to say that indeed I am what I am because of the grace of God that is at work in my life. He has imparted such special grace for you that you be favored everywhere you go. Receive such favor from both men and God that you're always located and directed by His Spirit, that you'll be able to meet the right people at the right places for the right reason. Receive grace that will enable you to make the right decisions at the right time 
be able to make the right call and the right investment so that the resources that God has entrusted in your hands they will bring forth such an abundant harvest in your finances. Receive grace to be able to do excellently well in everything that you do and be diligent in all things and continue making such conscious decisions that will allow you, that will help you be able to, to, align you, to align you with this truth and continue walking in the newness of life every single day in your life. There is grace for you. There is grace. There is a special grace for you in your situation today that will help you to have such an ability to be able to do things beyond your imaginations and things that ordinarily you will not be able to do by the anointing of the Spirit of God. Things will continue working together for your own good. Everywhere you go, you shall always be located by His Spirit. God is sending men, such great men and women, on your path purposefully. So these are people who will help you fulfill your calling in Christ Jesus. You will listen and hear His voice and hear Him very clearly as He speaks to you, as He gives you instructions, as He gives you direction to make decisions that will help you continue to increase and continue to grow in your personal life. In the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray and so shall it be. Amen. Thank you, and God bless you.